are back with show number two. This is episode number 154 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So, like I said, my last show that I did an hour or so ago, if you missed that one, make, make sure you go back into the archives and check that, that one out because it's all about us us middle-aged folks, you know, and trying to make the, our midlife the, our best life. So that one was, was a solid show, so make sure you go back. This one here, I'm going to be talking with a YouTube content creator. This, this man finds some of the most outlandish things to talk about on the show, but we'll get there in, in a moment. If you are new, if you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining me on Facebook, Please uh, like, share, because, you know, we're going to be sharing some some cool information here, some fun stuff, some entertaining stuff. And don't keep it to yourself. So please share. And if you have no... I hit that button too soon. If you don't know who I am, let me introduce myself. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. Starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right, so before I bring my guest on and we get that conversation started, you know I have to do the teachable moment of the day. So I know this is the second show, so if you tuned in for that one, then you heard this already, but it's of the day, so I'm not going to make up a new one. And that's going to be, I need you to define yourself, okay? Too many times as I'm going through my speaking, my speaker coach program, and I'm helping people create their stories, they've attached themselves to either someone else, they attach them to, themselves to society norms, and they don't know how to define themselves, So you have to figure out what it is that you want. What do you want to be doing? What do you want to be speaking about? What legacy do you want to leave behind? All of that stuff stems from you. No one else can do that for you. No one else can want that for you. So that's today's teachable moment because I'm finding, as I said, as I go through my program with with my clients and I ask them, just who are you? And you guys will see even on these shows, I had to start prepping people ahead of time that I'm going to ask them, who are you when they come on the show? Because when I first started doing it, it was catching people off guard. And we started the show with a lot of, uh, uh, that's a great question. (laughs) So I started telling people ahead of time. So they have a couple minutes to piece it together. But if you can't define yourself, then that's a big, big problem, especially at this stage in the game. So that's today's teachable moment. 
And now we're going to bring on my guest. So I tried to get him to give me a bio, but he was being all secretive and stuff. So we're going to see what I can pull out of him now on the live stream. I see him backstage. All right. So welcome to the show, YouTube content creator and host of On That BS is Ruin Leon. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you talking about being secretive? I wasn't being secretive. I genuinely didn't have a bio. I'm just the guy who sits in a pink hat who gives a little bit of common sense where it's lagging. <laughs> there is that. I told you, I stalked all of your social profiles. I Googled you. I'm like, there is no information about this guy at all. <laughs> I'm really just the quiet guy who just sees everything and just waits to give his opinion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where are you joining us from? I'm joining you from Florida because I just moved here a couple okay. months ago. Oh, nice. Whereabouts? Uh, Tallahassee, but I'm from Louisiana. Okay, you want the Panhandle? All right. So, uh, what what part of Louisiana? New Orleans. Okay, I haven't been there. Oh, you gotta get there. I promise you, you you go to New Orleans and you'll never want to leave because all the good food. Oh yeah, yeah. I um I've been to Baton Rouge, but that was a long time ago, probably before you were born. I, I went there in 1993. What? How old do you think I am? You're the same age as my son. And how old is he? <laughs> He's 22. Oh, well, you got me there. <laughs> I told you. I, I watch your videos. I know how old you are. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad because I, I tricked a bunch of people into thinking I was 16 a couple months ago. And I really? like every so often I get the, you're 16? And I'm like, no, <laughs> do we? I'm 22. Well, you know people believe what they see in here. So, how could so... you believe that? L- look at me. <laughs> True, but hey, there's so much stuff out there that people believe that's kind of a head scratcher. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll Pretty we'll much. touch on that as we as we chat. All right, so let's get to know you a little little bit better. So how would you describe yourself when I say who is Ruin Leon? Ruin Leon is a five foot nine, hundred and seventy-five pound guy who just likes to see the stupidity in people, but then wants to get mm-hmm. a little bit more common sense. You could say I'm weird, but I'm also smart in the aspect of I'm going to wait and watch and study and then attack. A lot of people don't have that in them. They just like to jump first or jump the gun or jump the shark. Yes. Instead, I just like to wait and craft my statement and be able to formulate everything I want to say. I'm a workhorse. Uh, I'm slightly a perfectionist, but I'm kind of getting out of that mentally because You know, when you're sitting here doing YouTube videos damn near every day, you kind of got to get out of that perfectionist mindset. And I'm starting to think I'm the Dave Chappelle of YouTube. (laughs) I love it. And you left off your signature statement. And you're the sexiest black man on YouTube. I'm (laughs) glad you brought that up. Along with everything I just said, now I have another person confirming it. I am... The sexiest black man on YouTube. You can deny it all you want, people, but you know you've never seen a face look this good. I should have just let it go to see if you naturally went there on your own. <laughs> so, oh, that's too funny. All right, so you said you were born and raised in Louisiana. So, what was your upbringing like? Yeah, my upbringing was not middle class, but also not poor. It wasn't really a situation of. We're like struggling to eat. It was really just a middle class lifestyle. And then Katrina happened. And then we spent a couple of months 
or weeks rather in Atlanta. Spent a couple months with my grandpa. And then we moved to like the western part of Louisiana. And then from there, it was really just living a middle class life. I didn't really have like that young black kid upbringing of I'm going to try to play sports. I'm too skinny. I was really just the computer nerd who sat in the back and just tampering with a bunch of stuff. Okay. Computer nerd. What what did what, what did you like about computers? At first I liked how they looked because of course when you're a kid, you're not really supposed to be on them going through all the different websites. But as I'm getting older, I was interested in how to program. I was interested in how to build a website how to tear down a computer, how to scan for viruses. And I ultimately want to be able to start like a company where I'm fixing computers over time. Okay, nice. And so what was your, what was your childhood dream job? I think as a child, you would always have like these weird dreams of, oh, I want to be a superhero. I want to be a police officer, a firefighter. For some reason, I want to be a UFC fighter. Because right? okay. I just see the the cage matches and i was just like oh i want to get hit and then i was in high school getting hit i was like oh, i don't want to do this <laughs> I, rather... I watched some of those i'm like how is that not assault <laughs> you see those like, you... <laughs> so you, you give it an audience and you charge money and it's now a sport <laughs> it's like watching it is cool and watching boxing is cool, but then when you actually get hit in your eye and you don't have mm. no pad or no glove, it's just your knuckle. Yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, I watched one a couple weeks ago. It was a uh, two wh- women fighting, and this one, the, like, the woman who won, her face was just bad, drenched, lip lip is busted, covered, and I won. I'm like, Ugh. did you really though? <laughs> oh man, I don't understand. Yeah, so like, it's it's funny with with me. I wanted to be a carpenter <laughs> because my father was an engineer and he could build everything. So I was constantly helping him in the garage, helping him build this, build that. And I thought that was something I wanted to do, but I always liked speaking. And I remember I wasn't in, in the backyard. I grew up, I grew up in the woods. So I was in the backyard, lots of trees out there. I had a stick in my hand, the stick with my microphone. And I was just, talking to the trees, just give, giving a motivational speech. I know it sounds stupid, but the leaves were my audience because, you know, the wind blows and it sounds like, like they're clapping. And my mom looks off the deck and she's like, what are you doing? And I thought it was like, I'm motivating the masses. Like, that's what I'm doing. And so, like, doing what I'm doing now, because, like, I know I do two, two different shows. Like, I do the debate-style show, but this one hit here is more for, you know, getting the people's backstories and finding out how they're how they got to doing what they're doing now and then helping people who might be at a crossroad and want to make a pivot in their life, you know, helping using the guest stories to help them pivot in their life. So everything really comes, really comes full, full circle. Isn't it a beautiful thing when you're able to just as a kid visualize yourself doing something and then slowly, but not surely you kind of start doing it as an adult. Yeah, just having to take a 20-year detour, <laughs> but I got there, <laughs> you know, ended up managing restaurants for a while, and it's like- and That's I, another thing. I, I did want to, like, make a Subway shop, because okay. I was, like, really just into sandwiches, because yeah. we just have a bunch of bread, and I was just like, you know what, 
I'm just make different sandwiches. I make like generic mayonnaise mustard sandwiches, but then I get creative. I put green onions, tomatoes on one, toasted, mm. untoasted. I was just like, oh, I think I can cook. And I wanted <laughs> to just make a restaurant. Yeah, be, be glad you didn't go that route. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute, what's so bad about it? It's it's like man, managing a restaurant. It, there's so many moving pieces to it, and there's so much loss involved, just from food costs and liquor costs and thefts. That it, it's so it's so hard to be profitable, and you need so much money up front because you need all the equipment, you need the staff, you know, before you even open the doors. Like you're already deep, deep in debt, you know. So like it's 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 a really really tough thing. So, I mean, doesn't mean you couldn't do it. I'm just saying it, 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 there's a lot that goes into it that people don't even realize. A lot of risk, little reward. Yes. Yeah. Like you have to you have to be very, very established in what you want to do. And, you know, you got to pick the right market. You got to have the right staff because it's your vision. Like no one's going to see your vision the way you see your vision. And then you're going to have an entire team of people that that are working for you, but they don't really have your best interest in mind. <laughs> it's like they have they, their, they have their they best just want to get their mind. money. Yes, exactly. So, you, you know, you go through, you, you're seeing all the food in the trash. And it's like, what, what is this? And you know, cause like people aren't thinking you got to get every last ounce out of everything. And there's just so much waste, so much loss. So that was a good move for you. <laughs> all right. So what was your, so through, through high school, Right? Did you finish high school? Yeah. Okay, college? Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on my damn degree. I don't know okay. where it is. I'm just patiently waiting in the mail for my degree. <laughs> okay, what, what'd you study? Well, I said I was, wanted to delve in computers, so obviously it had okay. to be computer science. Okay. I don't think I could really muster up anything else. I wasn't interested in anything else. Yeah, okay. And so what did you see yourself doing with that? Uh, again, taking my craft and trying to not start a business as soon as I'm out of college, like try to get an office space, but it's more so working with what I got and being able to, what would be the word, craft it in a business sense. Because I would go around college and walk up to people and be like, hey, maybe you got a virus on your computer because obviously you're a teenage 20 year old and you obviously watch porn. You may have a virus on your computer. Let me get that off there for about 20 bucks. And people would be like, yeah, sure. Because going to like some random popping shop and getting charged a hundred dollars was bad. So, and, and slowly and surely I'd get more and more people coming up to me and be like, Hey, can you get this off my computer? Can you get this off my computer? And as that kept going, I was really interested in making an actual business. So now it's a matter of how do I make those next steps happen? Okay. Yeah, um, doing it the, the way you were doing, you know, you are really on on the right track. Like when I started my fitness business, it wasn't even really supposed to be a business. It was more, more of a hobby because I was kind of towards the tail end of my restaurant business. You know, I became a father. I have five kids. And so, like, I was missing a lot of stuff. Like Christina said, you, you uh, give up weekends and holidays. And so I was just missing a lot of stuff with the kids. And so I was really just doing it as an outlet for me so I could just get back to my, my athletic roots. And it just started to grow. And it just started to grow and it just start, started to grow. But one word of advice I will give you 
is if you do decide to go that route, don't be the cheap guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't, yeah, don't be the cheap guy. People always think if I just undercut, everyone will come to me. But I can tell you from my experience and same thing in the personal training world, like you don't want to be the cheapest trainer because then people are like, why is he charging so little? And then yeah. they start, they start to doubt, to doubt your credibility. That was that. really what I was doing at like the beginning, like sophomore year. But as I got to be like a senior in college, it went from 20 to 50, slowly went to 70. And I kept it at that range because I didn't want to start having people think, oh, he's doing a little bit extra for nothing. But you you got to keep it consistent with your audience base because, yeah. yeah, college students, while they're at college, they got a lot of them who are broke and don't really know how to really get things done. Yeah, yeah, that that's true too. All right, so when did you make the the switch over into con- actually before we get into the content creation, just your overall views, just in listening to your videos, like you don't sound like the average twenty two year old, you know. Like as I listen to you, as I said, I said I'm old enough to be your father, and but as I listened to you, I was like, I was like his his views, the way he views the world, you're not like the average person in your age bracket. So when did that start? Well, first of all, what is the average 22-year-old? What, 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 am I, what am I supposed to be as a 22-year-old in your perspective? Well, it's like you're not supposed to be anything. I'm just going based on what I see in my experience. I said I have a, a tw- 22-year-old, so I, I, I see their friends and how, how they talk, and they're just like oblivious to, to the world. <laughs> you know, and that's that's just not you. And again, I don't lump everyone into the same basket, but just based on what I've seen, I just don't see very many people carry themselves the way you do. Like it, it, it's a compliment. It's not. It's not a knock on you. Well, like most people who are my age, my first upbringing into politics was 2016. Mm-hmm. My political awakening only happened because of some orange guy. <laughs> but even with that, I never really paid attention to politics. I get a lot of people who don't like me tell me that I'm a conservative or you know, I, I don't like your political views. And I, I just sit there like I've never not once said I'm political, nor have I said I'm conservative. I, I don't really have any political views, not really interested in who's the president. And, and my overall view is a lot of the things I'll talk about lack common sense. A lot of it is a bunch of people saying something, not really thinking about what they're saying. So I'm just reacting to it and giving my basic, hmm, if two plus two equals four, that's the simple logic there. While everyone else is trying to perform calculus where it's not needed. Yeah, that's a perfect answer. Perfect. Because I like it on on your videos where you always say, and if you're going to comment, watch the video. You know? (laughs) That's the part that really <laughs> aggravates me because you get these people who watch 30 seconds and nothing else. Even recently, I did a video about, uh, I think it was the white kids and what happened with their cars. And I mentioned at near the end how one person who tried to be innocent was not so innocent. And I had somebody commenting, oh, did you know that that person is not innocent, dummy? It's like, you didn't. You didn't even make it a minute into the video. And I and there's another story where somebody accused me of changing my titles because they thought they got me in a gotcha moment mm. when everybody saw the original title, which never changed. And yeah. then it was just this person trying to have his one little gotcha moment. 
So, so it annoys me when people are just like, oh, my God, you are obviously this thing and your video is offending me. You didn't even watch the whole thing. So I don't even care. Yep. So true. And uh, Christina said it a little more bluntly. <laughs> 22-year-olds are overly sensitive crybabies who get insulted easily. Hey, I, 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 I just turned 22 in August, so I'm not I'm not even fresh yet. So, so let, <laughs> let me develop. Maybe I will turn into a sensitive crybaby. Maybe you'll say something and I'll burst into tears. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. I remember on one of Gothic's live streams, she gave you a birthday shout-out. And I was like, oh, a, a fellow Leo. That's right, because I'm, I'm August 18th. August yes. 3rd. Nice. Good stuff. All right, so... And no matter what anybody tells me, I'm a 90s baby. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, my son says the same thing. So so, so I'm assuming 99, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, him, him, him too. He was April 2nd of 99. All right, so on that same line, I did a video several months ago, and I titled it Keep Your Labels Off of Me because I get labeled st- stuff too. It's like I tend to talk more about the left politically, but I'm not affiliated with the right at all either. Because like far right, far left, they're both crazy. You know, both. Exactly. Yeah. So I just feel like the left just gives you more more stuff to talk about, you know, than than the right does. Just like more blatant in your face stuff. And so I tend to to speak more about that. And same thing, I, I get labeled all the all the popular labels. And, and I was like, where, where did I ever take a stance? It's like, just because I'm talking about something that this person did. Did I say yay or nay? Like, I put up a post because last year, nurses, doctors, and everybody were working in the, through the heart of the pandemic. And they were called heroes. And, you know, they were, they were everybody was just for them. Now, some of them, now these are people in the medical field who are skeptical about taking the vaccine. And now their jobs could be on the line if they, they refuse to take it. So I just Hold mentioned on now. that. Are you spreading medical misinformation? Hold on now. That, that's a <laughs> that's conservative right. talking point. I got I to gotta yeah. get my Twitter thread going right now. <laughs> you know, so I had posted that just to, just to get people's opinion. I'm like, what are your thoughts on this? And then people were trying to drag me to t- talking about that. I said, whoa, whoa. I just said, what's your opinion on this? I, I didn't say yay or nay, <laughs> you know, but then people want to assume your intention. The easiest thing to do with that, when, when somebody sees what you say and they spend two seconds watching it and they say, shut up, conservative baldy, ask them this question. How? And then watch them say, uh, 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 because they don't know how. They just have their opinion and they don't want to be wrong about anything. They will not open their mind to possibly being wrong or a different opinion existing. So whenever somebody like you or I comes up, it's, oh, my God, and a bunch of insults because it's child's games to them. They, They want to be that one kid surrounded by the bunch of other dumber kids and they just prop them up on the pedestal. And that's weird to me. Like. Open your mouth and mind to conversation. I'm not right about everything. That that's the mindset yes. a lot of people got to walk into. Everything there's a lot of things on this planet. Everybody don't know all of them. Everybody could be wrong about everything. Everybody could be wrong about one thing. Yeah. It's okay. You'll be all right. You won't die from being wrong. It's cool. <laughs> 
or or just simply disagreeing. Like on my other show, oh, it's it's a you know it's a debate style show, but it's not like uh, I'm trying to beat you in this debate. It's like I'm going to present my stance on this. I would like you to present your stance on this, and by the end of it, I just want to get an understanding of why you feel the way you feel. So in most of these conversations, it turns because into my feelings matter. Yes. And people end up yelling at each other. Then they end up insulting each other. And I always say the second you throw an insult, you lost the debate. <laughs> you know, no, like I didn't. I won because my insult was so cunning. Look at everybody laughing. No one laughs. <laughs> and, and it's like, bro, shut up. We talking. We, we're not inter- interested in this back and forth. There's somebody who did a video about me. And they labeled me a conservative. And all I said was, hey, I'm not a conservative. And then we had, like, I'd say, like, a 20-minute conversation. It wasn't no screaming. We wasn't barking at each other. I explained who I was. They explained who they were. And we ended the conversation. More cordial. And I wouldn't say we're friends because I don't really label anybody on the Internet as friends. But I, I, I interacted with somebody who has different opinions from me. And we have civil discourse. What a shocker. <laughs> Makes no sense. See, Christina just put, she was kicked out of her friend's house because I said I couldn't imagine having an abortion and because she's had one, she called me insensitive. She completely missed the point. Yeah. I mean, along those lines too, my daughter and I were actually talking about that just yesterday about the whole pro-life, pro-choice thing. It's like if you're if you're pro pro choice and you get pregnant and you want to have have an abortion, you can do that. If you're pro life and you get pregnant and you do not want to have an abortion, you can do that. There really shouldn't be any more to the fight, but because it's political, I mean you you can you can you can throw in the morality aspect, but if but but for the people that throw in the morality aspect, if you're gonna talk religion, it also says thou shalt not judge. <laughs> so it's like people people are gonna make make decisions people like bringing up religion when it's convenient to their argument they don't like yes. when it's thrown back at them okay yes. you you understand <laughs> you conservative i'm mentioning the uh, bible verse right now and my bible verse talks down on your talking points you you objectify that you objectify jesus <laughs> yeah but that's what that's what happens is is People want people want you to understand what they're going through, and they don't care what you what your point is or what you're going through. Everybody wants to be heard. No one wants to listen. Yes. And absolutely. the thing about abortions, I don't care. Do what you do. Last time I checked, I can't get pregnant. I'm going to support anyone in my life who chooses to do whatever it is they want to do with their body and their baby. I can't demonize people for their own choices. I understand the different ways women get pregnant, consensual or not. I understand people don't have enough money for a child. I understand that it could ruin the body life-threatening wise if having a pregnancy. I, I can understand all that and I can support whatever choice a woman decides to make as long as it's their choice and it's not something they are forced on. Yeah. Agreed. And, and, and again, like it doesn't real, it doesn't have to get any deeper than that. You know, like what, whatever side of the fence you're on, stay on that side and stop worrying about the other fence. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say stay on your side and worry about anything you're going through or uh, 
which you do on your side. I think it's important for both sides to see each other and acknowledge each other instead of all this back and forth. You kill babies. You do whatever you do. You're a whore. You're a bitch. It's like, no, like un- you can talk and understand each other without all of this insulting. Well, that's the thing. They can't. <laughs> that's one of those topics that always gets ugly. Always. And I've, I've discussed it on, on my show a couple of times, so I can't say always because, I, like I told, told you backstage, I tell people up front that this is not going to turn into a to a Jerry Springer episode. But so many people, they don't have the emotional intelligence to engage in these conversations. You know, like I'm sure sure you, you and I uh, at some point will be on opposite side, sides of something, but we have the emotional intelligence to just talk it through like grown people. Whereas you're telling not, me you're not going to call me the N-word. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> but there are so many people who can't. They just can't. I mean, you, you see it in your comment section. No, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, they're there. I rarely look at them. I'll okay. see them on occasion. And then it, depending on what it is, I'll do the pin of shame. But I am not for the life of me on every video. Let me make sure that everyone's loving me. Oh, delete, 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 delete. This is like, for what? Of course, people are not going to like your content. Shocker. You're not, it, it's, everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. It's a fool's errand to think that, oh, you're going to make something. Everybody's going to like it. Oh, I've, I've made all this chicken for everybody. I, you're all going to enjoy it. Ten people get food poisoning. Whoops. <laughs> like, who could have predicted? It's called life. Yeah, it's true. All right, so how did you, you get into the YouTube world? I told you this is going to be the most boring story you ever heard. <laughs> Junior year of high school. I'm walking into homeroom. I sit down. My friend Derek looks at me and he says, you should start a YouTube channel. And I respond with, okay. And then I just go home and do it. That That's it. That That's the story. <laughs> you didn't ask him why? No, I, I, I didn't really. I'm pretty sure his reasoning was, oh, you're funny. I was like, okay. that That's all I needed as a junior in high school. Because I wasn't okay. really doing much. I, you, you see me. I don't go to parties. I, I, so I, I would just be like, okay, let's get it over with. And I never really knew what to do. I, I, I just made it. And I was like, well, what do I do now? And so, of course, being the nerd I am, the only thing I could figure out what to do is like make game videos. And so I did that. Those sucked. And so I spent 2018 really not touching this YouTube channel as much because I was depressed. Yeah. And so... In 2019, I decided to actually try and put forth some effort into this because, of course, when I was a junior and then going through all that, it was mainly just, hello, game, upload. I didn't take it seriously. But in 2019, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try. And then I did. And then I got a couple thousand subscribers. And then the next year, which is 2020, everybody's worst year of all time, I somehow got I would would have been like twenty thousand, and then here I am with a hundred and forty thousand, playing the white man's game, catering to the white man. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. So there was actually more power in that story than you think, because one of the biggest things, and I believe you said it earlier, is perfectionism. But 
when you you just said when you started, you didn't really know what you were doing, but you started anyway, right? And that's that's the teachable moment there is that you started anyway because so many people they're sitting on great ideas, but they're waiting for the website to be right, and then they're waiting for the the graphics to be done, and the wait they they gotta check the font, the font's gotta be right, and everything's gotta be right. And then next, you know, three years go by and they haven't gotten started, you know. So the fact that your friend gave you the idea, you ran with the idea, you tried something, didn't didn't work out that great. You pivoted into some something else. You know, you have over 140,000 subscribers on YouTube. You're doing your thing. I'm like catering like, to the white man. <laughs> How could you say I'm doing good? I'm black. I only have one brain cell able to think and I should be using it to uplift the black community. But instead I'm bootlegging. Oh <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard that stuff my, my entire life. Like I was, I was born in New York city, but I was raised here in, in Rhode Island. Like my dad, my well, my parents got us out of the city. So I'm one of seven kids and like, he just didn't want that. Well, they had an apartment in Brooklyn and burned down. And then they had to go into the projects in Queens. And dad was like, hell no. And so he came up here to Rhode Island for about six months or so, got a job, saved some money, and bought, bought us a house in, in a rural area. So just better neighborhood, better schooling. And so I, I have a lot of my views based on how my parents raised us. Like they, they didn't raise us to think that we, we were less than. They didn't think us, I mean, they didn't raise us to be victims. You know, they raised us to, to think, think that no matter what comes in our path, no matter what people try, try to tell us, we can get it done. And so now that I'm older and I'm raising my, my own kids and I have a platform for, for motivating people, that's the message that I spread. And I get told all the time that I'm an advocate for white supremacy. I'm like, um, how? <laughs> how? Don't worry about it. I, I used to deal with that and it kind of made me mad. And then I got numb to it, and then I didn't give a shit. And then I bought me one of these. <laughs> now I got a white privilege card. And for anybody who sees this and you get mad at that, you can't say nothing because I got me one of these. <laughs> Jewelry's card. <laughs> that's hysterical, you know. But 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 it's funny because that just goes back to the mainstream narratives. Like if you if you say something against the mainstream narrative then you get labeled and it's like what why am i like why am i catering to white people by saying that anyone regardless of race religion sexual orientation can have whatever they want in life if they have a vision if they have drive and perseverance show me in there where that's advocating for white supremacy because the only people (laughs) to exist that can do that are white people are are, are straight straight white men straight white (laughs) men the white women can also but at a lower rate but they're still white so they don't get to pass so there is no black person ever who has ever done anything and stayed true to themselves they have always cared about the black community they've left that and become conservative for the white people that's how they talk and it's like shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah, no, it's so so annoying. Like I was talking, I was doing my show with with my daughter the other day, and we were just talking about 
about that, just about life and just accepting who, who you are, regardless of whatever label is put is put on you. So like my daughter had mentioned that she's, I guess, tri, she's triracial. So she's, she's white, black, and Puerto Rican. And so she says, you know, sometimes you get, she feels like confused. And I said, you know, you're, you're confused because society tries to, to divide us. I was like, we are Americans first and foremost. It's like, when you just take the stand that I am an American, I happen to have brown skin, but I'm still an American. I said, so your place is wherever you feel it should be. <laughs> it's like, like don't don't feel that you have to do do something so you can appeal to other people. It's like you got to be who you are and stand up and be who you are. I like that. <laughs> I, I think being able to understand who you are is going to make your life better in the long run. Because a lot of people my age and younger are confused, don't know their life, don't know their way around the world, haven't really experienced anything. And that's fine. You're young. You don't know nothing. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to learn through life. Yes. Yeah. See, and and then I get mad at my generation because we're the ones raising these kids. You know, so it's like, wouldn't you want to raise your kids to feel like you can be anything and have anything? Like, mm. don't don't you want that? Mm-hmm. It's like, why am I gonna? It's like I, I like before I sent her to college, I told her, said, listen, you're a mixed race female. I said society's gonna try to put you in a box and tell you what you can and can't can't accomplish. I said we're gonna burn that box. You know, we we have your vision. You're in the field you want to be in. Now get out there and create the life you want. You know, like that was one of the last things I said said to her before she uh, went off to college. And it's like, I don't understand why that's not acceptable. Like, am I supposed to tell her, oh, because you're a minority and a female, your life is just going to suck? Yes. <laughs> you're supposed to look your child, whether they're a newborn or 48 years old, you're supposed to look them in the eye and say, you're going to fail. Because of your skin color, you cannot succeed. Because society has deemed it necessary that I, as your birthing person or your breathing person, make it necessary to let you know you're a failure because of your skin color. You can't overcome. You cannot achieve because you're not white. You understand? Have a great time at college. <laughs> See, one one of the, the great things is that no matter how old you get, there's always somebody that's going to call you young man. Always. <laughs> Oh boy! To me? No, no. I mean, just oh. anyone, anyone in general, anyone in general. I mean, he he tagged he tagged me in that. Don't be trying to take my young man. He tagged me. Ah, <laughs> did you see that that critical race theory cartoon? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I've not cared about that, and the reason I don't care is because I just got out of school. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm done. Like I, I, I'll have to open a book. I don't have to spend my time in a Zoom class. I'm good. Like, let, let, let me go into rehab, and then I'll come back to it when I'm good and I'm healthy. I spent 12 years from whatever grade to 12th grade. I spent four extra years in college. I'm good on school right now. <laughs> it's like I, I would just actually wanna, want you to – get your reaction on that because it goes to what what we were just saying about the straight white man and the white woman right so i'll just give you just the the quick synopsis so it's got you got a black a black woman black man and a white woman white man they're on the starting line 
So mm-hmm. the white man and the white woman take off first in 1921. They take off running. And then it's not till 1965 that the black man and the black woman take off running. So now the white man's got a clear path, clear path to the finish line. And then the black, the black people keep getting obstacles along the way. So like apparently white people have no obstacles. So they keep getting obstacles along the way. And then before the finish line, they, they hit a brick wall and just stop. So the white man ends up going across on an escalator because he has his white privilege. The white woman got there, but she had to run the entire time. And the blacks never make it to the finish line. And I was like, why is that the message you want to send to kids? Also, I'm not going to be one of these people that's like, why are you, why are you teaching history? I think it's important to teach history because how yeah. else are people going to know like where they're where they're from their upbringing or history of where they where they at i think it's important to teach history and no one can deny that there weren't obstacles for people over yeah. time throughout history of course there was duh yeah. but why are some people trying to make it a thing of the here and now because yes. there are a lot of people who are my age skyrocketing to the top and yeah. newsflash they're black there's some yeah. younger people doing it too. So what's the difference between those people who somehow found a way to make it through and then this collection of people who get online and think, I can't do this because I'm black? Or my infamous rant about how it takes black people four to ten years to succeed on YouTube. Oh, uh, yeah. Because apparently that's statistical information, and I'm still waiting on that. I'm, <laughs> I, I think it's been months. I'm still waiting on that information. Yeah, Gothics had a pretty solid rant about that too, about that four I, I, to ten years. The, the the four to ten years thing was so stupid because the backstory with that video for me was, I was nervous to make that video because that was one of the ones where I'm like, mm, this is when I'm scared of the reaction. But then once I got out of that mindset, I was like, I don't give a damn. Bam, <laughs> there so it true. is, and and then it blew up, and I got a lot of people mad at me because apparently. I, they started mentioning all these black YouTubers when I specifically said some. I didn't say all. I had to make that distinction clear because saying all is 100% incorrect. Mm-hmm. It was some black YouTubers not talking about the quality of the content, not talking about how long the video is. If it's something people want to watch, it's no, the white guy. No, it's, it's, it's the white guy. PewDiePie is suppressing me. Logan Paul is suppressing me. Not my poor content. Not the fact that I make a video once every six months. It's the other guy, obviously. And and people gave me flack for that, but somehow praised a woman saying it takes four to ten years for you to succeed. Like, I, mm-hmm. Where and why would that be your mindset? Shouldn't it be, all right, let's get to work. I, I think what do I want to do? Okay, I want to do fashion. Oh, do I want to review? Do I want to make a clothing line? I want to make a clothing line. Somehow record videos of you making pants, making shirts, making watches. Cool. That could be something people are interested in. And if you do it consistently over time, you could grow an audience and you can make a website where you sell these things. More money. Just like that. Yep. Off the top of the head, I just gave somebody a fashion idea. <laughs> For real. And it, it really is that easy. Because, again, I broke down something similar to that about just like I said earlier about having vision, drive, and perseverance. And my sister had chimed in saying, oh, you're, you're way off on that. And, you know, she struggled with her three boys with XYZ. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like, I'm not one that's going to discount anyone's lived experience. 
but at the same token, you can't discount mine either. It's like I work with people every single day and help them turn ideas into something bigger, regardless of, like I said, race, gender, orientation, religion. None of it matters. Like if you have those three things in the balance, you can make it. And then you get people like LeBron James, who grew up in the ghetto of Akron, Ohio, who's standing up talking about everybody's a victim. It's like, dude, you have the ultimate blueprint. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you didn't go to college and you're a b- 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 billionaire. Nope. <laughs> you're a billionaire. Like, why aren't you talking about that? They don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about how it's hard for everybody. And it is hard for a lot of people. It's also not hard for others. Exactly. Like we're, we're using, I saw this tweet and it, it annoyed me. And it slowly built to a video that I'm going to make at some point. I'm just waiting and watching all these different reactions. And I'm paraphrasing. It was, as a black person, you could either play, but you could either be a celebrity and be famous, die, or go to jail. And I just looked at that and I thought, why is this the only things that I could do? I I can't be a janitor. I, I can't be a veterinarian. I, I I can't be a bus driver. I'm only supposed to be famous, go to jail, or die. Like, oh, why? And you'd be surprised. It was a black woman who tweeted that. And I was just like, why are you spreading this out to other black people? Why are you bringing everybody's emotions down just because your life might suck? And that's another thing. People who, whose lives suck, they tend to cast that on others to try to bring them down. Like, no, 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 no. Don't touch me with your bad juju. Leave me alone. You figure yourself out and then come back when you're good. I'm going to progress because nobody, black, white, boy, girl, gay, straight, lesbian, trans, should be stuck in a rut. It, it, understandable ruts are a thing. Nobody's going to take that away from you. But you got to overcome that at some point, whether if it's money wise, mental health, wealth, whatever. Everybody got one form of hardship and everybody got to overcome them. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that some people don't. But eventually but can- people have to get out of their own heads. Yes. Yeah, like you can't project that on, on other people just because one side is struggling. Like I made this point the other day. It's just, as you said, there's very, very many successful people of color. Very, very many successful. But we focus on the the, the poorer ones who struggle or the criminals. Like, we focus on them. But there's more poor white people than there are rich white people. But yet, we don't focus on them. We just focus on the white privileged of the elites. You just said it. We don't focus on the poor whites because they still got privilege. Uh, mm. A homeless white guy scabbed to, to hell on meth, scratching himself to the bone. If that guy and a black person who's, who's a little middle class with only one dollar to his name, the white person's going to get that loan. <gasps> That's obvious white privilege. Because uh, yeah, the white man, he could scratch himself to the bone, but he still got that white privilege. See, and and my my retort to that is always why why are people of color okay with the bar being set so low? See, so for me, I grew up in a predominant white area. You know, there was like maybe maybe eight black people, and I was related to six of them. <laughs> you know, so it's like it, it it wasn't a very diverse area. And I became I became a manager of a diner at the age of fifteen, staff of all white people. 
I became a general manager at the age of 19, staff of mostly white people. In everything I've done, I've ascended without without issue. But like, have I applied for some jobs? Like, my name is Robert Foster. You know, it's not like my name is Malik, you know, and, and, I, and I'm well-spoken. So having a phone interview back in the day, and then did I show up? And, yeah, I could see some people like, oh, like, they weren't expecting to see me. And, yeah, I've had that happen. But you know what? I still got the damn job. You know, so it's all it's all about how you how you project yourself. If you project yourself in the right light and you put yourself in a position to get paid, things are going to happen for you. You got a job. White privilege. Oh, no, 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 no. no. You obviously had to uh, put on your white voice in order to do that. You couldn't be yourself. No, 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 no. I remember. And this is a funny story because you mentioned job interviews. My My friend. Morris got me in the door to work at one of the arenas in New Orleans. I was like, cool. And I, I already knew, like, you can't walk into any interview, baggy pants, long sleeve. You just look like a bum, which is how I casually dress. I know you got to, like, look presentable. Yeah. And it made me laugh when I went in after, like, they approved me through, like, the application for an interview i walked in with a suit and the reason i knew i was about to get the job was because one of the supervisors saw me walk in and he was like nobody ever come to a job interview in a suit on in here i was like that's right i'm (laughs) good (laughs) that's it it's like you gotta you know one thing my dad my dad said and it still sticks with with me and i say it a lot on this show is he says, you know, people will always see the color of your skin. He said, it's up to you to help them see past it. Because, like, we see so many things in the course of a day. Walking to see, see this dude with a long red mohawk, right? You don't think that mohawk's going to stand out for a hot second? But it's like, you don't judge that entire person's being off of that. So if I walk into a room, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm the, only, the only black guy here. And then I go in and I, and I rock. <laughs> you know, it's like... You know, people are always going to see the external, but you got to let them feel the internal. And then once they know what, what you're all about, you like that one. Yeah, right? I like you know? that one. <laughs> once they know what you're all about, they don't even see that anymore. Like 95% of my clients are white. You know, so like if, if this whole white supremacy thing is such, such a big thing, I'm sure they could find a white person that's doing what I'm doing. But they're paying me. Why? Because it doesn't matter. Because I bring value to, to their lives. And they see the value in what I do. And that I'm passionate about what I do. Like, that can supersede everything if people would just take the time to believe that. I don't think a lot of people do believe that. I think I think people get stuck in a mindset of, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And they get so consumed by that, they don't do it. Well, you, I, go ahead. No, you go ahead. See, because what, what it is, you said it earlier about I can't do it and it's the white man's fault. That takes away personal accountability. It's like once you have personal accountability, it'll move you to take action. But if you can just sit back and bl- well, I, I'm in this position because they put me here. There's no motivation for you to get out of that. I told you, my dad just sniffed a day in the projects and was like, we are not living here. It's like he made that decision. The government did, didn't help him. You know, the, the, the white man didn't come in and save, save the day. No, he actually left us for a few months to come up here to get a job, bank money, buy a house in, in a rural community. It's like he made that happen all, all, 
yeah, all on his own because he had those three things. He had the vision, he had the drive, he had the perseverance. That's all it took. If without it, I don't think you can get anywhere. If you don't have the drive to change something in your life, you're just going to stay in that same position. And for some people, it's like, oh, I can't believe no one is like, oh, it's everybody else's fault. It's never your fault. You failed at everything you tried. It's obviously somebody else's fault. It's not your effort. It's not your mindset. It's everyone else's to blame. And that's a sad mindset because without that acknowledgement of, yeah, you're kind of garbage. You're not really going to change. Like, for instance, none of my content was pristine quality. I was recording videos off my phone for months. <laughs> like, like, and I'd get people be like, why is your quality so bad? Why is it so, like, buggy? It's because I'm recording on a phone. I'm not really getting anywhere. I, I, it's not like I saw that and I was like, oh, you guys are just hating. I knew that already. I used to record videos in my bed because I had, like, a frame that had a big black part. And so I would just hold my phone and just hold it still, which hurt my arms and just make it seem like I'm like in this space, like I'm in this black cube room. But sometimes I'd shake and you can see my bed frame. I had to swipe a table or a desk from my mom and then I threw that away so I could buy one. And then over time, I got a microphone, but I went through like four of them because all of them eventually broke. Yeah, <laughs> I finally got a camera and after like a week of trying to figure out how it works, managed to make it work. Got a stand, got a mic extender. Why? Not because, oh, it, it, it'll make my content this great thing and I'm going to end up with a million subs by tomorrow. It's no, because I realized I sucked. And unless <laughs> I changed it, this is as far as I'm going to get. See, and you kept going. See, that's, again, that's the beauty of, of the story. You realize that like, what I'm doing is not good. And so you took the steps to make it better. And you didn't make the steps overnight. You just kept going. Like I said, I keep I keep my microphone off to the side because it's super, super strong. But this is the third mic that I had. And same thing. I started on my phone. I had a different web- webcam. It was like one of the cheap $12 Walmart webcams. And it was, it, it was trash. But... I, I got started and people still followed me and I'm up to 27 countries now that listen to this podcast. Like I need to put more emphasis on YouTube because I should definitely have, have a bigger following there, but I get the bulk of my, my engagement on Facebook and on the podcast platforms, but you know, 20, 27 other countries. And a year ago when I started this, I didn't even know what the hell I was doing, but I just started and said, all right, I know I'm good at speaking. Like, I don't know how to find guests. And I slid you in at this time because I'm booking into April <laughs> and I, I don't want you to, I don't want you to wait that, that long, but yeah, that's how, that's how popular this has, this has become as a platform. And like I said, a year ago, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know what the theme was going to be. It's like, where do I find guests? Like, I don't, I don't know how to find people. And just like you said, you kept going and then you upgraded your phone, you upgraded your microphone, you upgraded your camera. And the, that's how the law of attraction works. You know, when you put your mind and your soul into something, you start seeing the opportunities. So for these people who get stuck in their woe, woe is me, I can't do anything bubble, they don't see the opportunities. Or, with, or when, once it arises, they think that's not for me. 
when it's like the universe is like, I am handing this to you. <laughs> it's like, will you please take it? But that's what happens. And uh, hopefully, you know, with our, with our platforms, we, we can continue to to inspire critical thinking. Oh, critical thinking. No, 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 no. You can't have none of that. That's bad. You can't have your own thought. My, see, my thought, if I tell you that this is white, you agree with me. If I tell you that this thing here is black, you agree with me. And if you think otherwise, you've hurt my feelings. Canceled. My emotions are hurt. You're canceled. I'm going to label you one of these ist or isms or phobics, and you will go on your merry way, and you shall be shamed. <laughs> yeah, I did a I did a show with was my daughter on on this one? No, she wasn't. It was one one of my fitness clients, but we did it about transgenders being in in the Olympics. And and again, I had I had posted a Facebook Facebook post asking for people's opinions or like what are your thoughts on this topic? And I listed out you know some facts. And so people people were saying yes or no, yes or no. And then one person comes in and says, I can't believe all these transphobic comments. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where is anything in here bashing trans trans people? We're we're talking about the fairness of it all. You know, and so like there, there's an entire article in the Olympic Committee's rules that talk about certain certain standards. And so it's like, all right, I guess if they meet those standards, because you know, because for, for biological women. It's got to be a level playing field, you know? So, like, I saw a video yesterday, actually. I guess there was um, – she, she was a good-sized girl, but this woman was on a Marine base, and they were, they were boxing, and she challenged any man. She said, I'll whoop any man out here. And then so a guy took the challenge, came in, and uh, she got a couple licks in, but she got an ass kicked. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like just biologically – most again, I'm not gonna say all. Most men are bigger. Most men carry more muscle. Most men have a high, a higher percentage of, of testosterone. You know, it's like that's just how we're built. It is what it is. So if you're gonna take someone like me and I decide to compete in women's track and field, you know, it's not fair to those biological women. But if you adhere to the protocols. Then maybe down down the line, when they get enough science, they can make make it fair. But that was my stance. There wasn't one thing in there that was transphobic, not one. No, my feelings are hurt. So now you're transphobic. <laughs> that that's that's what it is. You you hurt my feelings. My feelings matter more than your. Would would you call it science? And so now, because I'm hurt, I'm going to label you what I want to label you because I have the right to do that because you hurt my feelings. You know, when it comes to to racism, too. You find like people are outraged over stuff that happens to someone else. You know, so like I've done this show, like I said, this is the 154th episode. I've probably had about maybe 50-50 white, white guests and black guests. Or we'll say guests of color. I've had Hispanics and Asians on too. And uh, now the, the whole premise of this show is about overcoming obstacles. Not one person has listed racism or white supremacy as an obstacle that, that they had to overcome. Not, Obviously catering to white people. Yeah. <laughs> yep, not one. So like if it's such a big problem and this this country is just running rampant with it, again, how is that the case? <laughs> you know? I I'm gonna be honest, I and again, it's not to say that it doesn't exist. 
because a lot of people do have some shady bosses who say something under the rug that they don't want made public. They, those people exist. Who, who's the guy? Uh, the Raiders head coach. Yeah, he just got exposed. Yeah, it was like it's not like they don't exist, but you can't put that on every single person. And a yeah. lot of people do that, and they'll see somebody who had a different path, and they'll say, "Well, obviously you and blah blah blah, you went through this." And you're just hiding it so that you can cater. Like, who, wh- who, who am I catering to? For what? I'm not getting anything extra. I'm, I'm speaking for me. I haven't gotten anything extra catering to the white man. I, I'm still waiting on this grift money everybody keeps talking about. Oh, you didn't get your grift bonus? No. <laughs> I haven't I, I, either. <laughs> I'm waiting. Because because I get these people like, oh, they're just doing this to make money. And they don't really care about anything. And they are just doing it for the money. I posted a picture of one of the videos that I made two years ago, and it somehow, for some reason, started blowing up. Now, guess, guess how much money you got? Take a let guess. Me, let me guess. Zero. No, no, no. It got, it got some money, but just take a guess. Twelve bucks. Yeah, you won fifteen bucks. <laughs> wow. What a grifter! What? 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 I'm living lavish. He's <laughs> living lavish. <laughs> Yeah, Christine is talking about Dave Dave Chappelle. Yes, they're trying to cancel him now from because of his Netflix special. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I watched it. It wasn't his best. I still laughed. There's a lot in there I didn't agree with, but that's yeah. natural. Yeah, and that's comedy. It is comedy. People <laughs> can find it funny. People can not find it funny. Oh I'm not. Have you heard of Andrew Dice Clay? No. I know that's before your time, but he he was this white dude. He would come out and just say some outlandish stuff on stage. Like if if he was around now, <laughs> he oh, would. He somebody would be like that, I don't think could exist. Him, George Carlin, like these are all older, older school, older school comedians. But like they were ruthless. Like nothing, nothing was off limits with these guys. <laughs> but but that's the thing. When you go to a comedy show, that's what you talk about, you know. And but now all of a sudden, it's just. You cannot make fun of this anything. group. Mm-hmm. You, you can they they'll laugh if you make fun of the white people. The blacks will kind of get angry if you talk about them. But you cannot talk about anyone in the LGBT community, especially the T's. And I, and again, I disagreed with some of the things he said, like the turf thing. I I, I wasn't really into that. I didn't see it yet. I, I recommend it. It's there's gonna be some parts you laugh at. There's gonna be some parts where you might say, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then overall, what I take away from it and what I've been taking away from like the last few specials is there's a conversation to be had. Yeah. And everybody's got not everybody, because, of course, everybody isn't going to. But people got to sit down and actually have some discourse, because if you watch this and you just think transphobic, everyone who likes is transphobic, they're all hating my existence you're going to walk away with a more negative mindset than when you walked in. If you're watching it and you hear what's being said, and then you actually think about some problems that actually exist and how people hold discourse, you would think, okay, there's a better way to hold conversation. This maybe wasn't the best way, but it could lead into that path of finding a better way to communicate issues. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting back to John Gruden, I'm pretty sure there's probably not one person on this planet that when they've been mad, they took a personal jab at someone. It's, it's, it's human nature. 
it, it just is. It's human nature. Like, I, I remember, like, I don't like onions at all. And I remember I got some, I ordered some food from the uh, Chinese place up, up the road. I specified no onions. I get it back. And I'm like, <sighs> you know, and I, 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 I may have said something stupid, but it, I was mad in the moment. I said something stupid. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I hate Asians or I'm racist against Asians. In that moment, I was pissed and I said something stupid. <laughs> you know? and, so, and this dude said it a decade ago. And it's like, okay, he said what he said. It wasn't ignorant, yes, but it was also 10 years ago. You know? No one knew that. That's the thing. And so now we got to make it this big controversy. Which See, No one was supposed to either, though. It's not like he said it live on air. Like, that was a private email that somebody made public. That's, that's a lot of days. Firstly, why did this private thing become public? Obviously, we might know why because of the content in it. Mm. And then... 10 years it's not even to sit there and say oh he was so young because i think he was in his 40s so he don't get a pass he don't get that oh i didn't i wasn't taught this like no it's just for me just fire or i i believe he to resign yeah cut him loose yeah they they couldn't fire him for that because he he wasn't working for the nfl at that time you 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 don't Want him around, cut him loose. Be gone. I wouldn't want that type of negativity, especially if it's private. If you're yeah. saying that privately back then, what have you been saying over the course of these last few years and more recently? No, oh, yeah, true. That's true. That that's true. Yeah, like it, go ahead. The thing about cancel culture, my beef with it is when a lot of people do it and then act all high and mighty and then they get canceled and then not me not me i think people should be held accountable for things they've said should they never work again and end up on the street that depends on what it is because i will say a known i'm not gonna say the word a child toucher unconsensually i don't believe these people should have any say i believe they should be in jail I mean, that's a different extreme than somebody making an ignorant comment, though. An ignorant comment, I think people could come back from that. Sure, you could shame them. Yeah. But eventually, you're going to have to allow somebody to grow. And for somebody like John Gruden, you're in your 40s saying that. And what, you're in your 50s now? Mm, Jesus Christ, you got you got a lot of maturity to go through. Yeah. But hopefully you do it. Hopefully you learn. I really don't want to see you in the NFL again because you suck as a head coach. <laughs> but go Broncos. Good. But it's it's just allow people that chance to grow because I see too many people demonize somebody to death, especially with like old tweets. Yeah, you'll have this tweet from 2008, and it'll be a thing for the here and now in 2021, all because the person mad about it wasn't even born yet or didn't have a phone. And then they demonize the person all the way to the point where they just disappear and either don't come back or come back years later. It's like, call them out, sure. Shame them, criticize them, sure. Allow them that chance to grow, especially if it's something that old. Yeah. If you're digging up an old tweet, think about it. Are you allowing that person to have you thought to yourself that, hey, this person might have grown from this. This person may have said that ignorant thing back then, 
but maybe over time this person has matured this young kid saying all this dumb stuff now maybe as a 25 year old they've matured hopefully you really can't sell me on that with a 48 year old who's now 58 but you can get me with like a younger kid turning into a 20 year old okay understood so what are you what are your thoughts on this so like with a lot of this racist talk or even just hate speech in general like a lot of the marginalized groups say these things to each other you know and and so so it's just one of the things like we'll take with calling a woman a bitch you know where they call themselves that left and right up and down and rappers rappers refer to them as bitches and hoes all day long you know, but then, like, if you get into a fight with with, with your boyfriend, the boyfriend says, "Oh, you're being a bitch," and now it's like she's all set to cut him over that. It's, it's like when you, you guys are being called that all day long. You know, it's the same. In the, it's a negative uh, connotation. The black community, like, in, in all the different the different communities, it's like everybody. It, it's okay that they attack each other. You know, kind of like kind of like black on black crime. Like it, it's okay. that doesn't exist. It's okay if we kill each other, but if a white person does it, we need congressional hearings. We need rule changes. Well, of course, <laughs> because know? white people are oppressive. And first of all, black on black crime that does not exist. It's oh. never in the history of a human life ever existed. What, what, what's that? The news? Uh, what's that? Black person shot little girl? No, no, no. no that's just mm-hmm. obviously a white guy did that. And yeah. that that. It really pisses me off because what does it say about the words Black Lives Matter if you're only going to do the dance when the white person's around and not when the black person is around? There's a list. There's like a Twitter thread of a bunch of different black people, young, old, middle aged, teenagers, kids who've been done in all different ways. They've been done in. Nobody's known about them. They haven't gotten that same national coverage. Yep. What's the, what was the thing from a couple weeks ago? The white missing person syndrome? White Uh, girls? Yeah, missing white woman syndrome. That pissed me off because it was a black person on national TV. Instead of giving people information about leads on the girl, decided to say, hey, y'all only care because she's white. That That was joy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what makes that even worse is that instead, it, while she was doing that, you got more people of color missing. And instead of saying, hey, we would appreciate your help, all these people on the screen, here's numbers where you could find their last locations or here's the number to the area they live in, call with any information. If you've seen them, report them. Instead of doing that, no, we got to spend all this time talking about mm-hmm. how we only care about a white woman. Yeah, it's like you're in the media. And there, there's a guy named, I, th- I think his name was Jelani Day. He's been missing. They found him and his body was all fucked up. Like he had missing body parts Ooh. and organs. And it's like, where was Joanne Reed? Why, why am I, why, why in the hell am I seeing this on Twitter? And I'm not seeing this broadcasted nationally. This is a missing mm-hmm. person. And you could spare me the, oh, well, there are a lot of missing people. Okay, there's a lot of news stations. Yeah. We can can broadcast all these at different times. We can create a structure to where this is something we can talk about. 
and even on social media this could be something we talk about more because you notice how uh, i don't know if this is for everybody but twitter put in a little tab in the search bar related to that virus that people can't talk about on youtube because apparently you spread misinformation they put in a thing for that they could also put in the thing for missing people and you could even do the missing people of color if you want to play that game sure it's possible people not doing it yep but 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 we're at fault because apparently we only care about missing white people yeah yeah the the problem is we don't fucking know yeah, it's true. Like, I, I try to stress to my kids, the news shows you what they want you to see. That's what it boils down to. Like, whatever. And the news stations, they're run, they're run by the politicians. So it's like, you know, there are some definitely left-leaning stations. There are definitely some right-leaning stations. So you're going to get the information that co- that corresponds with their political framework. Like, you're not going to get the straight up facts or the straight up news of what's going on. And that's why things like that get swept right under the rug because we don't need to see that. Cause that doesn't play to their narrative. And, and I hate that word, the narrative game, because why are we only jumping because of a narrative? Mm-hmm. You, you got all these people who chomp at the bit. Well, what it was the, the, the recent school shooting, how it, how it started to circulate. And everybody was like, oh, white people. We see that mugshot. He blacked in my shirt. And then it's up. Oh. Gone. It's like, yeah. why? I, I, don't, I don't care about your narratives. I care about people being okay. Like, like you could, and I say, I've been saying this a lot recently, and I hate it, but I, I got to at this point. You can call out the bad. You can pick out that bad apple and throw it away. It will not affect the entire community, yep. whether if it's a transgender doing something stupid, a black man or woman, some white kid, Asian kid, whoever. You can pick them out the group and throw them away. It's not that hard. Yeah. And, and people make it a thing of, oh, you're generalizing. And, and in some cases, people slip up and make it a thing of everybody. And so I think it's important to correct yourself. But when you see a bad, it's not rocket science. You're not doing calculus here. Just view it as a bunch of apples and you see one just just in, in his own lane, not really measuring up to the others. Pick it out. Throw it away. Yep. And, and it seems like with with the black community, it goes the other way. It's like we we embrace the bad apples, you know, like George Floyd has a statue up. It's like I would like, like to see one of Chadwick Boseman, you know, like we lost him. And he was a very, very positive role model, not trying trying to say what happened to, to George Floyd should have happened because he ab- that absolutely should not happen. There's also a lot more to that story, but we can save that for another day. But I saw I saw a commercial with all, all of these celebrities, uh, all these fo- football players, I should say, NFL players talking about, you know, I. I could have been George Floyd. I could have been George Floyd. I could have been George, George Floyd. Like, don't don't you see a little bit of yourself in George Floyd? I was like, um, no, <laughs> not even a little bit. It's like, I don't do drugs. I don't try to buy things with counter, counterfeit money. I don't re- resist the police. Or like, I don't do any any of that stuff. So, no, I cannot see myself in his shoes. Like, just because we have this the same skin tone means that all yes. of a sudden we're we're just one now it's like yes. no he he made a series of decisions that led to that moment happening and now yeah Chauvin definitely 
took it too too far, you know, mm-hmm. and it ended up in ruining both of their their lives. Well, ending George's and ruining his. But there were a series of, of decisions that made that whole thing play out. And I don't make decisions like that. So, no, I do not. Isn't it weird how when when something like that happens, apparently we're all lumped under that same threshold? Like, I saw recently yeah. how the cop who shot Jacob Blake isn't going to be, like, charged. And I was like, good. He didn't yeah. do nothing. He, he, nope. And I saw all these people, well, I could have been Jacob Blake. I don't think you want to be Jacob Blake. If you <laughs> actually know about what was going on with Jacob Blake, I don't think you want to be Jacob Blake. I don't think anybody should aspire to be like Jacob Blake. Exactly. It's unfortunate what happened to him. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. At the end of the day, that's not really the circumstances I'm going to put myself in. Exactly. See, that's the key sentence. Not the circumstances I'm going to put myself in goes back to that personal accountability. Like my, my son, my older son, he had her running because he and his girlfriend got drunk and started beating up on each other. And I I shouldn't I, I shouldn't say that because he he didn't hit her. And uh because she she would she would have told me if he did because <laughs> I asked her straight up. So if she hit him she, I'm pretty sure she would have told me. But 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 anyway they had a they had a domestic disturbance and so he comes back here trying to give me the, the sob story of what she did. I said, no. I said, you, you let this happen. And he's like, no, but she this and she that. I said, no, you let this happen. You put yourself in a position for that to happen. You know, and it's like people have such, they have such a hard time with that, with that personal accountability piece. And things are never going to change as long as people keep finger pointing. It's craziness. But, all right, we're going to break this down soon. So uh, you want to give us some final words? I think as final words, anybody watching this, no matter what it is you want to do, I don't care what you want to do. You want to be a streamer, a YouTuber, a radio host, podcaster, stripper, whatever it is, put your best foot forward. Like, of course, there's going to be hurdles. Life ain't easy. Duh. You can jump through them. You can overcome any obstacle on the path to your own greatness. All you got to do is try you're not gonna get nowhere if you don't try if you're gonna sit there just lay back and just be like you know what life sucks i can't do anything i'm ashamed i'll never succeed congratulations live your life as a failure if you actually hope to succeed you gotta try exactly you gotta you gotta try and you gotta persevere you gotta just keep keep going because like like you said it's not it's not gonna be easy and that's why we talk about, about this stuff, because there, there are obstacles out there. There are things that are going to try to block your path. There are people that are going to try to clip your wings and, and hold you back. But that's where you, you have to take the personal accountability. You have to be strong enough and have, a, have enough resilience and strength to get through it. And then once you do that, what you're waiting for is right on the other side of that. So, Leon, thank you very much for taking the time to join me. This, this was an awesome conversation, and maybe we'll collaborate again in the future. All right. I had and, fun. Uh, well, was I as boring as we thought I was going to be? Was I as quiet? We went, we went 18 minutes over, so apparently not. <laughs> All right. Let, pe- let people know where they can find you. 
And you can only find me in one key place. If you go on YouTube.com, hit the search bar, type in my name right there, Ruin Leon. You'll see the most grifting black person on planet Earth, but you'll also see the sexiest black man on YouTube. How could you not like this beautiful face? You love it, don't you? Of course you do. And that's where you can find me. Oh, one last thing. Technically, I can't do anything because I got no money for gas to do DoorDash and my phone will be short tomorrow, so I can't work. But I'm trying to stay positive. So I want you, Christina, we're going to end with this. I want you to write down everything that you're good at, right? Absolutely everything that, that you're good at. And then pick whatever I, from that list, pick whatever you're the most passionate about that you can teach to someone else. And then start teaching someone else. It's that that simple. And you know what? In these situations, it really is best to try to think with the positive. You, you, there's gonna be the moments where, I'm be honest, shit sucks, and it'll be a constant of things sucking. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be that way, that little avenue you could get your way out of. Because when it came to me, I'm be honest, I had no idea how I was going to pick up all my things and move like three states over. I had no clue. And I figured out a little curve and a little cut through. And it, it benefited me. And I'm able to sit here and say, hey, I moved from one state to another state. And now it's just like, oh, I like this. <laughs> Get that warm weather all the time, too. It, it, isn't it beautiful? Even though now it's starting to get a little cool, but it's not getting freezing cold. I love it. Yeah, listen, I'm from New, I'm from New England. Don't be talking to me about cool. What are you talking about? I, 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 I used to freeze. Look, 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 look. I understand there's snow. I, I don't do no snow. I'm black. I, I, I can't do snow. I take my kid. I take my kid sledding once every winter. One time. See, see, see all that? I can't do that. I, I gotta stay toasty warm. I, I can't do none of that. See, when when you cold, you shiver. You get goosebumps. You gotta put on like fifteen different pairs of clothes. See, when, when you hot, all you got to do is drink water. That's all you got to do. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> all right, man. Have yourself a good day. Thanks again for joining. Like I said, and we'll uh, see you soon. No problem. All Thanks right, for having me. My pleasure. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up.